Hi, I'm Diane, Diane Gubin, co-CEO of C-Suite with Beth. And this week we are talking to Tammy Tran, who is the Senior Manager Local Public Affairs at Southern California Edison. Tammy is active in government relations and community engagement at SoCal Edison. And SoCal Edison is one of the largest electric utilities in the U.S. and a longtime leader in renewable energy and energy efficiency. In addition to her work with SoCal Edison, Tammy was Deputy Chief of Staff for the California State Senate, as well as the Campaign Manager for Lou Korea, who is currently serving in Congress. For over five years, Tammy worked as the Executive Director for the Viet, V-I-E-T, Alliance to Combat Human Trafficking. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for having me. I, I love spending my morning with you, Diane and Elizabeth. Oh, thank you. So Tammy, give us an overview of your work and the impact it has on the community. So I feel I, I've just been blessed. Um, you know, my my parents are refugees from Vietnam, and we're celebrating Asian Pacific Heritage Month. And I always think about where I started, and it started when, with my parents when they left Vietnam after the Vietnam War. And so the impact started there with my parents, um, having left um, Vietnam after the war and coming here and giving me and my sisters a, um, a new start. You know, we are truly, I believe, living the American dream, having been products of public education. I also got to go to USC, um, the best university in Southern California. <laughs> go Trojans! <laughs> and yes, go, go Trojans, <laughs> fight on. And I, I, I look back on my career, um, you know, and I turned 40 this year because I paused my aging last year because of the pandemic. <laughs> That's uh, great. <laughs> So I didn't have a birthday last year. I'm going to celebrate for being 40 this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I look back and I think that I, I, I just feel so blessed having had a career both in government, nonprofit and the corporate sector. And I've never planned for that. I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. And um, and in many ways, I feel like I am in the role that I am right now at Edison, working in government relations and community engagement, that I am able to share um, what, what I've learned um, throughout my career. So I believe the difference I, I, I've been able to make is the connections I've made in not only the workplace, but in the community that I'm a part of. And it's a very diverse community. I know that's a very broad answer to your question. But I feel like, you know, the community is such a big part of my work every day, whether it's a community at Southern California Edison um, and the different groups and departments that I get to be a part of, or it's the community that we serve. And it's a very diverse community, especially this past year with the pandemic and all the different needs that we've seen across our community, whether it's in education, whether it's in the economy, supporting our local businesses. There's so many opportunities to make a difference outside of your Pacific job title and the work that you're assigned to. Well, that's to. great. So what is it you do exactly? I am currently the senior manager of government relations for our Orange County region. And I'm a part of a larger organization called Corporate Affairs. And within Corporate Affairs, we serve, um, you know, the community, whether it's corporate communications, corporate philanthropy, government relations, and serving the most 
um, vulnerable and the most needy communities within our service territory. Electricity is a very essential service that all of us need. Our lives are powered by electricity. And so I get to work to make sure that we deliver clean, affordable energy to our communities. But also, how do we become a part of, how do we remain a part of the fabric of the community? And that's through our our relationships with our stakeholders, local government officials, our nonprofits, our communities, our schools, and all of our customers, whether it's business or residential. Now, that sounds amazing. So uh, what do you love about your job and what do you consider to be challenges? So I love the fact that I get to lead a team of people that I believe are public servants. You know, Southern California Edison, we are a pri- we are in the private sector. We're a corporation. But it's the closest you can get to being in the public sector. So I, I spent 12 years in government working for one of the good guys in politics, you know, whether it was in the state senate, the state assembly, or the county government. I really got a chance to work and serve people. And I believe very much so that, you know, government is, you know, best when it's government by the people for the people. And when I got the opportunity to join Southern California Edison, even though it's a utility, it's also very much driven by the same principles of government, serving our customers, serving our communities. And that's what I love about my job, that, you know, it's a job that's very rewarding in terms of growth and development and being able to lead teams. But it's also every day we're doing something that impacts people's lives, whether it is very basic is making sure that the lights are on when you plug in your your appliances and your equipment that it, you know, that it's reliable, but it's also making sure that people have access. And I believe that's the most important part of any role is the access that you have to decision makers, the access you have to make a difference, the access that you're able to, um, to, to give to other people and give voice. And I believe that's a part of my job that I love the most is giving voice to my team, giving voice to my communities, especially those that are often not part of our, you know, our traditional power structures. That's great. So interesting. So interesting. And I know you're personally very involved in DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion activities at SoCal Edison. I know some of your colleagues and you're so um, big in the community too, like you're very visible. So talk to us about the DE&I activities, um, you know, internally and externally. So DEI, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is something that I'm very passionate about because I've been a benefit of it, and I believe our country has 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 grown stronger, you know, over over many many years because of the diversity of this country. America is a place where many people come to. My parents did, you know, they 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 lived in Vietnam during a very difficult time in uh, during the war, at a time when they were younger than me now, and I can't imagine the life they had and what would have happened happened had they not left Vietnam, not have been able to escape by boat. I mean, my parents left Vietnam by boat and was rescued and ended up in a refugee camp in Hong Kong. And luckily, they were sponsored by a small church in Laguna Beach <laughs> in South Orange County. And and and, and the rest is history. My, my, my sisters and I are all born in the United States. And I believe that that is so important to think about because diversity is being, you know, is being able to celebrate 
where people come from, what they bring to this country, and the contributions that they make. And so I believe I'm a product that 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 commitment that this country, that our business, our corporations, our schools, our community have invested in, in making sure that we're able to celebrate diversity, that we give people opportunities equally and and, and in the most equitable way possible. And that's still a continuous um, you know effort that we all have to contribute to in order from to make sure that there's equality and equity for all people and an inclusion. Um, I feel very included in most in most things in my life. Not that I haven't been a um, experienced racism, but I believe that the openness that I've been embraced, not only in my education, where I've gone to school, but also in the many different um places I've been to. I, I feel so blessed to have been able to work in government. I mean, can you imagine my parents left Vietnam by boat with nothing? Right. They had nothing. Just the other day, my mom talked about how she didn't even have a pair of shoes. I can't even fathom. To her name. And, oh. and that was just... 30 something, I mean, that was like 40 years ago that my parents had had experienced that with nothing on their backs, leaving, you know, a country on a by boat. Right. And here I am today, you know, having worked in government, having worked at Southern California Edison, and I feel very blessed to be with you guys too, who are leaders in at, of this country. And that's just amazing, um, you know, for that to happen. But at the same time, I also am reminded that many people don't have those same opportunities, that there are a lot of people in our communities that are struggling. It's interesting because everybody always thinks everything happened 100, 200 years ago, and you don't realize it was just 40 years ago. So I'm 57, so it was happening during when I was a teenager, right? And oblivious. Totally oblivious. Yeah, yeah. No, Tammy, very. your parents are so brave. It's very heartfelt, for sure. Yes, yes. At SoCal Edison, in the executive leadership roles, how are the women involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion? What do they actually do to to uh, reflect that in, in your executives at SoCal Edison? I think it's key. Diversity, equity, inclusion is not something that we just talk about. It's not something that we just, you know, hold an event and celebrate. It's it's real um, policies. It's real opportunities that need to be um, incorporated into the way businesses um, um, treat their employees, how they advance their employees. And I think it starts with our executives. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to be a part of a company from you know, where equity and inclusion is is a priority from the very top. Our CEO to all, all, all our managers, we make it a priority that, you know, diversity is, is represented within the leadership ranks, but also that our executives are involved in conversations. So for example, at Southern California Edison, we have these um, um, sessions called um, space for a dialogue where employees are able to talk about issues in a very frank and transparent manner with our executives. We also have business research groups, which I'm a member of. I'm a member of several, and I used to be the president of our Asian Pacific Islander employee resource group a couple years ago, where executives are sponsors of these groups and have regular interactions and talk about things very frankly in terms of where we're at um, in terms of diversity numbers and where we need to be and what are those things that we need to do in order to push greater diversity, greater equity and inclusion. And so executives at Edison are, are very involved. And I think more and more so we see that with all corporations that more and more executives are, are looking at not only, you know, where they're at 
in terms of their company, but where, where they need to go next, you know, where, what are those statements that they need to make? So that way their employees feel safe coming to work, that the employees feel like they're included, that they have a voice and they're representative, um, represented the highest levels of leadership within the company. No, I agree. And I think it's important that they publish their metrics. Yeah. Some companies are just starting to do that. It's very eye opening when you look at the hard cold numbers, right? And so you need to have that to trace your progress. So I'm glad that it's all happening because it's forcing the change that we have been on a path for change, but it just hasn't been fast enough. Right. And I'd like to add into that. Um, I've been in executive search and uh, consulting for 25 years. And 20 years ago, working with Fortune 500 companies, there were teams and they would only hire people who looked like them. And if you presented a candidate who was outside of um, the, the culture that that particular group was, they wouldn't even look at that candidate. So, so I think it's a ginormous strides that we've made since then. Right, right. And, and the, the things that you need to do is very simple. Like, I mean, even putting together an interview panel, making sure that the interview panel is diverse, right? It's not just the same three that look alike or do the same things or have the same experience, but they have diversity. And so that way, when you're interviewing candidates, you have diversity of opinions and thoughts and observations. And so I think it's very basic things that I've seen at my company that they've been able to do. And I, I think that's pretty much a standard now. It's not just, you know, um, it's a standard across all of our corporations looking at how we diversify our ranks. But also, you know, it's not about just diversity numbers. It's about making sure that we have the best and the brightest and, and people who bring different, you know, different backgrounds and educations and experiences. Like, you know, I think about myself, my parents <laughs> left Vietnam by boat, and I'm so fortunate to be able to bring that experience and perspective to where I work today and the, the community organizations I'm a part of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll talk a little bit about Asian America Pacific Islander Heritage Month and um, some history around that. And then we'll after that, we'll go into what is the value you know, for companies and employees, suppliers, and customers in creating the celebration um, for Asian um, American Pacific Month. Well, we're very lucky here in the United States to be able to celebrate Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month every year in the month of May. Um, just like when we celebrate Black History Month in February or Hispanic Heritage Month in, in September, these are opportunities for us to really highlight the accomplishments, um, the achievements of these respective communities. And I will say within the API community, um, this Heritage Month started um, in the 1970s um, with um, President Carter at the time where he designated one week in May in 1978 to celebrate API Heritage Month. In 1992, President Bush, now we have a Democrat and a Republican, um, he designated the entire month of May to celebrate Asian Pacific Heritage Month. Um, and I think that's so appropriate because um, the API community is very diverse. I'm a Vietnamese heritage and descent, um, but we have many Asian, Amer Asian Pacific Islander communities, whether it's Chinese, Filipino, Korean, Pacific Islander, American Samoan. There's yeah. so many, and I, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble by trying to list them all. <laughs> but but I would encourage people to, to take this month to really look at how diverse our Asian Pacific Islander communities are. And that's really what that is, is taking that time to celebrate, um, to look at where how far we come and how much more we need to do. And corporations are also taking that opportunity to celebrate, right? 
looking within in terms of their employees and the contributions their employees have made to the company, but also what they've done in the community. And that's so important, especially during these times. Yes. No, I totally agree. And what is has Southern California Edison doing anything in particular to celebrate the month? It'd be interesting to hear. So every year we have we have a celebration where we highlight um, our business and community partnerships. So we have a whole department, supplier diversity, that really focuses on making sure that we hire diverse suppliers, whether it's by ethnic women, veterans, disabled, LGBTQ. And so it's really a time to celebrate those partnerships. Um, And then we also celebrate our community partnerships. There's so many nonprofits within the API community that are working on issues like social justice, economic development, workforce, um, job creation, things like that. And it's a time for us to really pause and celebrate the partnerships that we've had together. And that's what we do at Southern California Edison. But we also celebrate all year long, right? The diversity and um, the inclusion through other different types of celebrations, as well as when we have our own employees that, that achieve things, we, we, we take that time to pause. And I think it's so important during these times when there's so much stress and there's so many, so many challenges that people have that we take that time to celebrate our achievements. No, totally agree. Tammy, you're uh, doing amazing work, uh, awesome work. So so let me let me ask you, I'd like to explore how do we support even greater, besides these celebrations, minorities and women in the workplace? I think the way we celebrate is by creating space and making sure that we look around at our tables um, within our rooms, whether it's virtual or, or physical, to make sure that there's always new people that we bring along right, that we open up spaces. And I believe like, for example, C-Suite, I recently just learned more about the organization a couple yes. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, literally, <laughs> and I feel very welcome. And this is a space that I was never a part of. And I really appreciate Beth and Diane and, and Carolyn, since my colleague, for, for introducing me to the space. And I've participated in a couple of events and have learned so much from the women that are in the C-Suite. And, you know, that's a space that I believe that we still need to do a lot more work you know, in terms of creating more uh, opportunities for women and for minority and, and, and in particular minority women. And I think exactly what you guys are doing through C-Suite is so important that every day the, the, the intentionality of the work that you're doing and, and bringing people along and opening up doors and creating connections, that's what we need to do. And that that's what we need to do on a regular basis, both formally and informal. Right. I believe the informal is so important. That's something that for women and minorities, we're not that great at sometimes, right? Really, mm-hmm. you know, influencing informally because a lot of that, a lot of the opportunities or the the power, the positions of power, it's, it's not just the formal, it's also the informal that sometimes it's hard to really understand how you influence that. And you have a lot of influence there. And women tend to um, achieve a lot but don't declare it. Right. And we have over that. Right. Um, to help to help ourselves and our next generation of women come up. Right. Right. And Beth, before the next question, let's talk briefly about C-Suite. Yes. We are extremely <laughs> inclusive. I mean, I, and thank you for allowing us to weave this in. No woman ever stands alone. We work together. We pull each other up. And that is the entire reason for C-Suite. So, yes, it's an organization where we um, where we purposely look for women in the, at the C-level VPs, directors, um, you know, women who write checks, you know, you got to bring in money, you got to bring in business, you know, into our companies um, to support our community. So we know we're doing our part. (laughs) (laughs) And we love it and we have so much fun and we're so happy. 
happy that yes. you're with us on this journey. Yes. So, right. Yes. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting. And as a working mom, I have a daughter who's seven years old and I'm just so excited for her future. You know, as, as much challenges, my, my mom didn't have the same kind of experiences or opportunities I did. I mean, she left to her country to come here so that I could have the life that I have today. I, I, I'm just so excited thinking about my daughter. She will be third generation Vietnamese American. And because of women like you and women in the C-suite opening up doors, creating space, I, her future is limitless. And I just think that's so amazing. So I have to thank you for the work that oh, you're, you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. And that's what we want to do yes. is create that space for women. We don't want to go backwards. So we have to be very careful to watch. It's just different now. My, my mother, her father was a doctor. Her brother was a doctor. She became a biology teacher. Didn't even think to become a doctor, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, but then as a teacher, she is shaping the minds as a future doctors oh, of our country. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But she could have been a doctor. Um, yes. Go ahead, Diane. Anyway, Why don't you ask going. another question? Let me ask you, um, Tammy, you, with all the work that you've done and your, how global you are, if, if money wasn't an object, just this is a fun question, and you could do or be anything, what would that look like for you? So the way I look at that question is who I would trade places with. <laughs> and I would definitely be among the billionaires <laughs> and lead a company like Amazon or Microsoft. And the reason why is I just think they have so much um, power, right? Not only in driving economies, um, but also in the difference they can make. And I think about... Um, all the little things that happen in, within our communities, right? At the neighborhood level, at the community level, at individual schools, and be able to make a difference in that in that way. And so that would probably be in the future. Had you asked me when I was younger, I would have said president of the United States of America. But I just know that's not a really fun job. No, it's not. <laughs> but be... I don't know if running Amazon is either. <laughs> you know, but you know, the thing about, I think about running Amazon is you're the CEO, you know, and you have all these resources, all these people that work for you, right? And the impact that you make. And so I think that there's, a, luckily for us, there are some CEOs that are really good at, you know, amplifying their impact. And then there are some that are not, right? Right, exactly. So, um, so they need people like us <laughs> either to work for them or to, to take their place. So, so definitely like with the Gates Foundation and Salesforce and um, look at Elon Musk, you know, take personality aside. But if you look at what they're accomplishing with new technology and where they're going, it's a huge contribution. Cause they, to, right. And all those people I mean, that you named are all men. So at some point, oh, we're going to have to make too. sure they're all women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine it. if they were all women? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. You know, we'd have a lot of societal issues solved. <laughs> right, right. I always think, you no, know, nobody... put women in charge and things will be better. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. We're, we're with you. <laughs> so I have a question for you that's kind of fun. What is your favorite food that your mom makes that you you share with as you celebrate the month? You know, I have to say it's it's very simple. It's just rice, you know, steam rice and two or three different types of food. Because I mean, when we were growing up, that's what we ate. We always had rice at every meal. And then there would either be a soup, a, a, a meat dish, and then dessert. And so that's comfort food for me. Okay. Yeah. Brown rice or white rice? Wh white, oh, white, short grain, <laughs> white rice. Yes. Such a sticky rice. It has to be sticky. The, the stickier it is, the better it is, especially as a kid. 
I don't even know if they did they cultivate brown rice in the rice fields or is that a new I don't know about that. I, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble to try to answer that question, but I, I, know, I, love, I, I love sticky white rice. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. With yeah. mango. Oh, right? mango, yeah. So that's sweet rice, rice with coconut yeah, yeah, and mango. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Totally. Well, yeah. we want to thank Tammy Tran, um, Senior Manager, Local Public Affairs at SoCal Edison or Southern California Edison for being with us today. So thank you very much, Tammy. Thank you for having me. You're an amazing uh, journey and we hope you the very best in your career as we work with you and move forward with you. And we want to thank our sponsors, Google, Converge Technology, which is an IT solutions provider, uh, Manette, which is a nationwide law firm, Woodward Sawyer, who provides employee benefits, and then Amplified Professional Services, executive search and IT consulting firm. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. So, so listen, we love having you here. Hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you find your podcasts. We really appreciate that. Do follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And we love hearing from you. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. It's media at csuite.org. That's C-S-W-E-E-T.org. And do check out our website, www.csuite.org. And uh, that's it for today. Thank you. And bye.